Hello, partners, friends, friends of God, reformers in the earth for such a time as this. Thank you for joining us on this broadcast. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, I encourage you to like or share it. Spread the message of what God is doing through this program. But it's an honor to have you join us here tonight. I am back for part two of my dear friend, Pastor Ken Yoon, New Wine Harvest Church, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you missed last week, I encourage you. you can, it's available in our archives. We were talking about serving our generation well, dealing with the issues of the heart that come up, and uh, just so many wonderful uh, things that God was just really emphasizing that program. But So we're, we're back for week two here. And I, I told you just a minute ago, uh, I want to explore 44 years in ministry, and you went to Bible college at, back then was called what, Liberty? Lynchburg, and then Liberty Baptist College. Liberty Baptist, and what year is this? 74, and then I graduated in 77. 74, graduated in 77. Your daughter went there, graduated. Yes. Lots changed since then. Yes. But you go to a, Baptist University, Thomas Road Baptist Church. There's a minute, Liberty was a, a ministry of that church. And had you ever experienced anything with the gifts of the Spirit? No, not no, at no. all. I, what was your course, background, by the way? My up background was Baptist. Okay, Baptist. And so I grew up, it was really a non factor. In fact, on the um, bylaws when you joined our church and, and growing up, you had the sign saying that that uh, tongues and Corinthians agreed that they ceased. Wow. So it was like, it was an absolute fact uh -huh. in, in that time frame. So going to Liberty, a Baptist university was just easy to do. Yeah. Right. And so last program, you tell this experience where you have this encounter with God at chapel, you start praying, you feel yeah. like you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Is that when your heart maybe began to be stirred in that area or did it take, did it, yeah. Well, it took a little longer because yeah. I'm pretty hard-nosed in what I think is right at the time. <laughs> and I heard John Wimber say one time that he's gone from right to right. <laughs> I, I think that's, uh, that's exactly what's happened in my life more than once. So in the beginning, yes, I, I was definitely uh, okay with knowing I got a gift to teach, but never calling it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because mm -hmm. we believed that once you got the, the Spirit of as salvation. salvation that's enough yeah and so I didn't understand it so when I, I got out of school I, I was coming across people who were believing in the sign gifts and I quickly tried what do you mean by sign gifts for sign gifts would be pro prophecy tongues right. and words of knowledge okay yeah. and uh, I would tell them they were wrong you know that wasn't for uh, this era <laughs> and I actually went back to my when I began to question it myself I went back to my pastor in Altoona, who has passed away, and he had six years of Greek. Mm. Now, to have six years of Greek in those days, he could literally take the Greek New Testament and preach from it. Wow. And I Amazing. said to him, 1 Corinthians says this, you signed it. Is it really true? Is the perfect Jesus or the Word? And he said, I'm not going to answer you. But no, it can't be proven the way we signed the agreement. And I said, why do we? And he said, it's easier that way. A man came who was from a very tough theological seminary. He was the head of the theology department 
And I was a youth pastor in my home church at that time. Right. So he came and I said, we need to have lunch. And I asked him the same thing. I said, is it? He said, no, you can't prove that. So then I said, wait a minute, the two very strong Greek experts say this, then why have I accepted it as fact? So this man gave me a, a tape. He took, we went to the store in those days. They were cassette tapes. Cassette tapes. And it was by uh, the man who wrote, Walter Martin, who wrote Kingdom of the Cults, which became a, a very well, strong yeah, classic well, for a long time. Walter Martin was a genius. Right. And in this book, in this tape for 90 minutes, he gave the history, the understanding from scriptures of why it's for today. Till then, every time I would ask a charismatic, well, why do you believe that? Well, it doesn't have to be in the, I just felt it. And I would be like, I don't want to hear feelings. I want the facts. This was the facts. I listened to that tape so many times I can repeat it at that time. And I knew in my heart it was true, but the problem was I didn't have it. And I didn't, you know, that I wasn't so, my past was so much this way, it was hard, it just didn't come out. And people would say, just start saying something and just do this and nothing more. And you're talking about particularly tongues. tongues yes. Right now. Yeah. So a, a Presbyterian pastor in Altoona who believed in the gifts, he said, here's what I'm going to do. A Presbyterian pastor. A Presbyterian <laughs> He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay hands on you, and out of your worship, it'll come. Okay. So I put, I was driving one day in the car, and I put my A-track in, and it was Christian songs. I just started to sing, and all of a sudden, it was a different language. Hmm. It was without effort. And there was too it's many... Beautiful. There was too many times at that time people were striving, they were making it up, mm -hmm. all wanting something that God just wants to, to fill. So that began the road, and then when I moved to Pittsburgh, I became part of a charismatic church. And within six months of being at the church, I was their youth pastor. So of course I had to have a crash course in walking in that ministry of the Spirit as compared to just being a good teacher. Mm. And what what did you say, like, well, first of all, something just really jumped out to me as you were sharing that. And it was your hunger for the truth. And Jesus told us in the book of John, in John's gospel, John chronicles it, that the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us he's our helper but he yeah. would lead us and guide us and I love it because he says he will guide you into all truth not some truth that's right all truth and it was this pursuit obviously based on the the, the premise the foundation that the Bible is the word of God yes. but it was in this pursuit of truth that you began to have a God ordained experience yeah. and I've learned uh, John the 8th chapter Jesus said you will know intimate knowledge of the truth and the truth will set you free and I've learned that it's only in the practice of truth that you actually can you, you it's only the, it's only in the practice and application of truth that you come to know truth yeah so you're hungry for this is this true yeah but then there had to be a corresponding experience to it and then something else really jumped out to me about your your your, your journey there and it was this that you had two men, even in your own Baptist church, you said that you grew up in, 
You're signing this thing, tongues, you know, whatever, gifts of the Spirit are not for today. When it says that which is perfect has come, mm -hmm. that means the, the Scripture, whatever you want to put it, so we know this doesn't exist. But they were honest enough yeah. to tell you, yeah. hey, this might be the traditions of men, because it's just easier that way for everyone yeah. to get along here. But I can't prove that through Scripture. And then another man that you respected theologically tells you, you can't prove that through Scripture. So it's this pursuit of truth accompanied by people that you trust in their integrity that propels you into a new place in in what God oh, had yeah. for you and in, 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 in the truth and and I believe this uh, because I believe that as believers as we're walking with the Lord we're constantly we should be hearing new truth mm -hmm. not, not that anything goes beyond the word but it goes beyond things we've heard. It goes beyond even our understanding of what we know to be true because I believe one of the goals of discipleship is Mark, the ninth chapter, where it says, if you believe, everything is possible. And I've learned that truth is, progre is pro progressive. God doesn't change. We know that, Malachi right. 4, verse 6. But our understanding of that so we can do the impossible on a regular basis has to change. Oh, yeah. And I believe that the reason I'm saying this because I want to encourage you, maybe not just in the area of the gifts of the Spirit, to pursue truth. And as you pursue truth, God will um, graciously make sure along the journey that you don't fall into a ditch or anything. Especially if, if when you make the Word of God your highest standard, I don't think that you can stumble in that area. Right. Because the Word of God is your standard. But once you embrace something that's contrary to the Word of God, you are opening up yourself for trouble. Yes. But I, I just, that was something that just jumped yeah. out of me in my story. So as you continue this walk, what have you, that was over what, 40 years ago. What, what have you learned about the gifts of the Spirit? How do you implement that in your, in your ministry? And especially, you, do you believe your, your primary gift is teaching then? Yeah. yeah. How does that, how, how do, what is the truth that you've learned since that moment? Because it just, that was just to me the door. What, what is what have you learned since that time? Well, with teaching, one of the things is it keeps me humble because I, I know without a doubt that, the, that what I have is from Him. So even when people say, you know, that the, the way that you bring out the Word is so wonderful, I appreciate that. But down inside, I know that the Holy Spirit is doing that. This isn't a result of me being in ministry 40-some years. This isn't a result of a study of the Word even. This is a God-given gift that yeah. you would give. And where that helps, I did hear Jack Hayford one time gave a story, and, and I always think about it. A girl was singing, and, and she did a beautiful job, and, and he went up afterwards, and he said, Hey, I just want to tell you, that was wonderful. And she said, Oh, that wasn't me. That was God. Mm -hmm. And he said, Well, it wasn't that good. <laughs> so it's understanding it is God in me, but he's using me. Yeah. And I think that was the big deal with, with, with that in my life. Uh, for the sign gifts such as prophecy and words of knowledge, I, one of the beautiful ways that he's shown me with knowledge is being able to, to boldly say something to someone with the words, I believe this is right, not always being adamant to say God says this, right. yes. yeah, yeah. And one of the factors in those early days that I don't believe is as strong today was these divisions by what we believe. 
So if you believed in tongues and prophecy, then you were a heretic to this side. And if you didn't believe in it, then you weren't spirit-filled. Yeah. And those things created such factions yeah. that I don't see as much today. Yeah. But at that time, it was almost like when I made a decision to do this and believe this, then I was rejected from here. Mm. And uh, the whole idea now is to know whether you believe that or not, God's still in you and I can love that part of you and draw. And you can draw people out with points of agreement yeah. rather than, than what we just want to Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. I think a few things just jumped out me some of the things you said. Feedback, oh, that was encouragement. I love how you draw out the word. I believe that when we are walking out our God-given assignment, there are resources there are tools, yeah. there are um, wisdom and understanding, especially in when you're teaching the Word of God, that I believe that praying in the Spirit yeah. allows you to access those things. And then when you're functioning your assignment, for us it's teaching, it comes out. I told you that illustration on the car on the way here. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the subject and God just drops this in my mm -hmm. heart. This illustration that you know hits the point. And in the moment, I wasn't thinking about, it's not in my notes or anything, but I say, I believe I trace back many of those things that the Lord gives me understanding on how to articulate to praying in the Spirit. To, it's in there, and you get to unlock it through that prayer language, yeah. that praise and yeah. perfect will of God, that when the, when, when the, opportunity presents itself God allows you to release it because you have stored it up in the resource house that he's given you yes and that's that that gives birth to those things and then the 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 other obviously it's dependence upon the Lord but I think the the other thing that you said that really really jumped out to me is this concept of back in 30 years ago it was your spirit you know and I, and I think one of the things that I've learned from especially in college, going to more of an evangelical school, mm. where at least the believers who were there, maybe not as many of them grew up around spiritual things, and I was the, the crazy, charismatic Pentecostal who spoke in tongues. But, but one of the things that they would always say to me, and it made me particularly sensitive to this, is they would say, don't tell me I'm not filled with the Spirit, or, right. or don't, don't tell me. And I would think, well, I, don't, I, don't, I, I haven't said that, but that, now I understand where that's coming from. But I th the reason I bring that up is this, is that even right now in the body of Christ, we that example was gifts of the Spirit, tongues. But across the nations of the earth, there's this dividing thing. Mm. But especially right now in the body of Christ, there is this attempt by the enemy. And even among believers, we've seen it the last year, especially in our nation, to bring division. Now yeah. it's not the gifts of spirit. Now yeah. it's, are you standing with this right. political group? Right. Are you standing with this affiliation? What do you think about this scientific? What do you think about vaccines? What do you think about? And it is, there's this attempt to divide even the people of God, to classify each other, to view each other through lenses, through the Babylonian system, the world system. Yes. And it causes this divide. Yes. How have you in the last year, shut down for a little bit, COVID, 
election that was very divisive. We're in your home state of Pennsylvania. How have you as a leader tried to encourage and build the concept of the people of God staying in unity, staying as one in the middle of just a lot of challenges in the world? Well, because I am an opinionated person, and, and my, my, my church knows it, it was, a, it was a critical moment in my life that the Lord said to me when all this began, I want you to not publicly share your opinions on all these matters. Mm. And I like to lead. I want to be able to tell people my thoughts and I can defend them to the max. And the Lord said, let it go. And recently, he even began to show me, as I shared with you a little earlier, he showed me why. Because everything that I, that I seek to identify with anything in the world be, lessens my identification in the kingdom of God. Explain that. Okay. Yeah. So if I say I'm a conservative Christian, then I've what's conservative? Now we say, what's well, because of what the word of God says. But some of what we're saying is that of this party that we belong to, that's, that's part of who I am. Well, that's fine, except for uh, what I really am as a Christian. And my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not of this world. So when Jesus came, he never once addressed Pilate. He never once addressed these leaders. He kept telling the disciples about this kingdom of God up there. And he said, I want you to identify. Now, when they identified with him on this earth, that's when they didn't understand the resurrection, the road to Emmaus. We thought he came to set us free from this oppression, that's right. right? It was in that moment that they had to awaken to the, to the understanding through Jesus glorified. No, it's about that kingdom. I'm not gonna win people by my political views. I'm not gonna win people by my conservative spirit or liberal spirit. And the other thing that was very clear to me is not everybody in this room that of church that I have believes the same thing. And if I speak against that, I've lessened my ability to minister to them. And that is not what I wanna do. You know, Michael Jordan even said one time, I sell sneakers to the Republicans too. They buy sneakers. Right. Yeah, so I remember that. There's that point that we have to say, what is our main goal here? Why are we here to give Jesus? Jesus wants to reach both parties. Jesus wants to reach those who have vaccinations and those who don't. Yeah. And so when I label anything related to that to me, then I limit what he wants to do through me. I limit it by what I've said. I've limited by who then will listen to me. If I put something on Facebook that's anything but the kingdom, then only the people who agree with me like it. The people who disagree turn me off. I might cause not to turn people off. If they get turned off by Jesus, so be it they're rejected. Right. Yeah. Everything short of that, how I look, what the color of my skin is. I'm not a, a white Christian. There's no such thing. So why do we want to make that part of our, our identity? It robs us of the kingdom. I can really identify with that because I know everyone's going to find this shocking to believe I have strong opinions and probably a lot of people have heard me express some of them. But I, and I certainly wasn't perfected in this area, but I, I think that is, I think that you, I think as a believer and even as a leader, I don't believe that God calls us to um, 
put aside our own personal understanding of an issue no. or opinion of something. It is just when when that becomes overriding or overrides even, let's just say, let's take out my context, but you're a salesperson at a company mm-hmm. and you're constantly harping on that, but you're a believer. The chances are probably, especially in our climate, our culture, our current cultural climate, that you will probably not be able to minister to a certain segment of people in your workplace because of your stance. And I do believe, and I think you agree with me, I think that there is a place for people to righteously stand up and speak against things that would be hurtful, detrimental in our school system, to unborn children. But I also believe, and this this is really, I believe, something I'm passionate about. I believe many times as believers, we haven't been good at relating to culture right. and community. We we seem to just want to more like give these political speeches about it. And, and, and what I mean political speeches, instead of actually influencing something, we just want to talk about it, what the right thing to do is. But it, it has left us devoid of influence, devoid of authority to fix things. And I believe probably the one of the best pictures is, well, there's many in scripture, Joseph, uh, in that place, the blessing on him, even as a slave, is serving that yes. man. And I'm sure he's got his own opinions. I'm sure he's got his own realities. He stands before Pharaoh, and he doesn't tell Pharaoh, listen, you're an evil guy. Yes. This is bad's going to happen to you. Thus saith the Lord, because you, you know, you've mistreated people, and eventually it's going to be destroyed. He helps the man. He interprets his dream. Daniel, Daniel. he still serves yes. the man. Still serves the man, but never compromised. No. And I think that's the season we're in the earth right now, where as the people of God, there are so there are things, and if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say there are things happening in our nation I never thought we would see in my lifetime. There are and there's a, a global push of antichrist spirit through many economics, uh, governments of the world seem like in their tandem to to really uh, discount and destroy and force people to think like they do. But in the middle of all that, I believe it's an opportunity for the people of God to stand and to, um, to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the climate for revival was never historically when it was always a wonderful time. Yeah, the climate for revival is always when there's chaos yes. and God comes in the middle of it. Yeah. So my goal can't be to change somebody's mind about a party or about a system. My goal has to be that if the if we pray the kingdom, we pray the revival, it will change the culture. Right. And it will it will change their lives. So right. our goal can never be to change their minds, but to change their lives. Yeah. Change their heart. Yeah. Yeah. What have you seen? over the last year and a half or, or stuff that has been encouraging to you about what God is doing and, and seeing what God is doing through his people during this time, just at a local church level, being a local church pastor for many years. Yeah, I think COVID allowed us to step back for a minute and say, what is most important? Mm. I think it, it brought out that um, we have relied on, and I will say it this way, as, as a pastor after all these years, I get up now and I say, I'm not building a church anymore. I'm not going to build a church. I believe that transformation is all I hunger after in a person, and it comes one soul at a time. 
not a, not a building, not a number, one soul at a time. And for that reason, he started to open me up to the different ministries that just go after the one. And I see the change now because I no longer care if we're full or not, God can minister. That is huge because a pastor's identity is so much in a number. And the world, the Christian world, honors all those things as being some sort of hierarchy of the faith. And in God's eyes, he's just asking, are you willing to do what I do, say to do? And Jesus said, I only minister to the ones the Father gave me. Hmm. And so I think it redirected my life. I think in the church, it allowed us to maybe appreciate what we had, but not necessarily say we're going back to it. That there has to be something different now, or we'll end up just going into the same cycle, like the Israelites, you know. They cry out, God answered their prayer, and then they went right back into it. And the warning to me and the warning to church is don't go back to what you've been. If it was effective, it would have worked. And I believe it hasn't been as effective as it will be now. Yeah, and I've told this story before, but some point in um, when most of America was still shut down last spring, had this encounter uh, with an angel lord. Mm-hmm. It comes into my home office and we're praying, I'm on this prayer call, and it is, um, I'm aware that I've probably never discerned this angel before, and it's not looking at me, it's looking through me. And it was almost, uh, not almost, it was, just, just like the spirit of the fear of the Lord, he's, he's not looking at me, he's looking through me. It was like his eyes could, and, and in my mind I'm going, Lord, what is he doing? Yeah. And he said he's looking to see if you, and he's going all across America, to see if you'll react properly during this time. And I believe it's the Second Chronicles 16 that the eyes of the Lord yeah. look to and fro yes. to, to, see. To, to, to see who, who he might, who he might mm-hmm. make himself strong. And I believe it was an opportunity. I believe it was a divine reset for the people of God. And I believe it was meant to propel us. And in... For, for many, I think, like myself and maybe you, it wasn't, I don't believe that I was engaged in anything sinful. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that I was doing the wrong thing or even out of assignment. It was just this opportunity, hey, let me deal with these things in your heart that are here that maybe you've been so busy doing things for me that I'm going to have an opportunity to deal with. And there is this sense that, for, at least for me as well, I'm thankful for that moment that was an opportunity for God to do a deep work. And I don't want to reset my lens to what happened before that, but I want to see clearly through the lens of what God was doing through that circumstance. Because I I do believe, I believe there's an unlocking of the greatest move of God. Especially um, one morning last October, I woke up and the Lord was just giving me stuff about the coming season of the body of Christ. But he so encouraged me because I was thinking about just some things that even had happened in our nation the day before. I'm thinking, God, this is just very challenging, and I know you're here. And he said, the enemy cannot stop the greatest move of God that has already been birthed in the earth. Ooh, yes. So yes. 
um, I think we're in that season. Yeah. Uh, when the red stage came in in Pennsylvania, we weren't allowed to meet. People weren't allowed. They weren't supposed to go outside. Right. right? I sort of disobeyed. I, I'm an early riser. And so I could not stand just to stay in my apartment. And I came here. My office is right here. I came here at 6 in the morning and sometimes didn't leave till noon. And the whole time in my office, I worshipped mm. and prayed. Now, I hadn't given that kind of time before. Mm. And, and during that time, there was a deepening, a, a pulse in, in me that wasn't there before. Mm. That if, a, if COVID had not happened, I'd still be doing what I did before. And why is that important? Because when we started right before COVID, God has said to our church, the word change. Mm. I didn't know what it meant, but the word change. And we did everything physical to the building to change it. But the COVID did everything spiritual mm. to change it. And this new beginning that God wants to do in our lives and in this church is not yet defined. And that's good because it still forces me in that room. It still forces me to hear. But the illustration I told you earlier about myself is what the Lord showed me was that in trench warfare, which was World War I, they could stay in the trenches and maybe not die unless a stray bomb hit it. If they got out, they exposed themselves to fire. But if they, if they didn't get out, they never advanced and nothing ever happened. And I believe the Lord has said to me that I can create a church to be a trench where you just want to stay, but we're not advancing the kingdom. And we celebrate what we do in church, but the world is not coming. So we've got to take this to where we're having words of knowledge in the street, that we're in the marketplace, that we're seeing people healed there, not just that they come to our healing service. Yeah. We have to go there. We have to. And so we have to get out of the trenches. And the risk is, if you go out of the trench, you might get hit by a bullet. But those wounds are part of the healing. Mm. And the healing, as Paul said, was, the things I go through, my wounds, are for your sake. Mm. And so, if it's for the kingdom that we suffer, that it, he will take even those sufferings and empower us even more. Yes, Lord. We need it. Lord, I just pray for the people watching here, yes. God, that um, there would be just an awareness of the season in life that they're in. Any adjustment, any reset, maybe even what took place in the global national shutdown caused some things and uh, to come to the surface or even they felt like maybe they missed that moment. Lord, I declare a holy yes. soberness yes. Yes. over people so that they would recognize the time and the season that they're in, God. Yes. That they would recognize that um, this is an opportunity to adjust and see reality from your perspective and Lord, I thank you that there is a divine shift and there is a divine change for your people in this season and that you are causing us 
to adjust our hearts so we would become everything that you've created us to be. And Lord, thank you that you've given us the privilege of representing you on the earth in this season. And I see somebody's uh, neck being healed. I see somebody's right knee being healed. Arthritis be healed. Cancer be healed. And I just release right now to a fresh baptism of fire to you. Holy Spirit and fire. Oil. I just see the oil of God being poured out. For you to become everything that God created you to be. And I declare, I don't know why I see this, but like um, somebody's like whole family is sick right now. And I just release to your family right now healing and wholeness. Spirit of infirmity, go and life of God come in Jesus' name. Pastor Ken, why don't you just pray for the people? Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are so personal to each one of us, that there's nothing really corporate in you except for we're all one. And I pray, Lord, for the personal, uh, oh, how do I say it? Lord, I pray that we become so aware of how intimate you are in our life personally, that we would never think we're a number, that we would never think that we're just part of something, that we would understand what's inside of us individually, and that we listen from that perspective, that we would listen to your voice that speaks so intimately, and that we become aware that we're a child of God, and that we have something in you that cannot be given by the world. And I thank you, Lord, that you will awaken us, awaken our minds, awaken our hearts to this word that you are speaking for such a time as this, that we will be aware of the times and the seasons, and that we will not shrink back, but stand. I pray strength to that one that wants to quit, that says nothing's worked. I pray strength right Mm -hmm. now in your name that they get up and stand once more in Jesus name Jesus name Amen. thank you Pastor Ken for joining me these two programs Pastor Ken pastors New Wine Harvest Church how many years has New Wine Harvest Church been in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania 31 years 31 years If you're ever in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area or you live in the area and you do not have a home community, we encourage you to come and take a visit and join this wonderful community of people. And they can, I guess they can get a hold of you uh, through the website, New Wine Harvest. Website, yes, and also Facebook. Facebook. Pastor Ken Hune, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I want to thank you. I'm honored every week that you join us. Uh, if you want to see archive programs, you can go to our website, abnersuarez.com. If you are not a partner, I want to prayerfully uh, uh, have you consider partnering with us. The Bible teaches a wise man walks with wise men. And if you feel connected to what God is doing, if you say, I identify with what God is doing through that ministry, I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider partnering with us. Also, every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, Daniel Company Prayer Call. It's a prophetic community of people. You can call in from anywhere in the world and join a community of people who love God with all their heart and are uh, believing for God's best 
purpose is to be birthed in the earth, 804 Eastern. All the information is on our, our website. And I want to say a special thank you to our partners who make these broadcasts a reality and make the vision that God has put on my heart a reality. I am honored that you stand with us and you are literally the backbone of what God has called us to do. God bless you. God bless my pastor friends in the Philippines. I love you guys very much. I am praying and believing that this is indeed a season of great outpouring. God is doing great thing in your midst. Stay focused, and I hope to see you guys in 2022. God bless you. We will see you next week.